Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. host of the reality is this is episode 89 of the reality is where filtering becomes extinct today i will be doing another solo dolo podcast by myself man and before we get started i wanted to say shout out to the young guy bo scott for getting married congratulations and i wish you and the family success if you hear anything in the background i am recording from my office space in my apartment you may hear some hispanics out cutting the yard you may hear somebody knock on the door you may hear my chair squeak you may hear alerts on the phone but it's okay we're recording it live wanted to keep it going and uh drop a little something before the holidays actually take off on tomorrow will be thanksgiving right now it is wednesday and i'm doing this quick podcast uh, to have something put out because I'm about to take a break. I also want to give a shout out to Melanin Origins, who released their uh, most recent book, Power in My Pen, which is a snippet of the life of Ida B. Wells. Their book was recently featured in the Huffington Post, and you can pick that book up now online at melaninorigins.com. I want to say shout out to um, uh, Louis McLean, Frank Minicon, the owner and co-owner uh, or co-founder of Melanin Origins, man. Big up to you guys. Being on the Huffington Post is big. It's uh, If you need a book for the holidays or a birthday or whatever the case may be, a children's book to give to your kid um, then you definitely should check out melaninorigins.com and pick up those books it's a it's a book company that writes for minorities it's not just for blacks hispanics asians and all of that it's for white people too so if you want your kids to learn about things and learn something about um, their history or the history of this country that honestly won't be taught in school then definitely check this out man shout out to the cowboys for going nine and one beating the ravens this past weekend and the raiders and Derek carr are eight and two to me Personally, the league is is always better when America's team and the Cowboys is good, possibly playoff bound. They are playoff bound uh, with them being the leader in the uh, NFC East. And also America's black hole is successfully pulling people back in. Derek Carr got the organization on the right track in the right direction. And uh, I'm sure the great Al Davis is looking down and Raider Nation is looking on and they're proud of it. So we already know Thanksgiving is around the corner. A lot of people are sitting up talking about what they're thankful for, what they're not thankful for, and all of this yak. What I'm thankful for, personally, myself, it's a short list. It's my mom, my brother, those who helped push the podcast forward over the last year. That's Jessica Henderson, that's Brian Fuller, that's Christian Coopwood, that's Gabrielle Johnson, that's Christian Evans, that's Gary Green, that's Artesia Swindle. Those who were here and now are gone, the listeners and the supporters of any and everything I do. And most of all, I'm thankful for those who have the balls to tell me when I'm wrong or when I could do something better. Those are the people I'm looking to have around me as well as those who are smarter than I am, which that's a whole lot of motherfucking people. So Thanksgiving to me, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great time of year. The holidays are always a great time of year. People are a little bit nicer. Um, you're, you're, you're getting gifts. You're hanging out with loved ones, family and friends. Um, but you should not to be funny. This Trump thing country kind of crazy right now. So 
Unfortunately, we may have to deal with a different type of uh, holiday feel in the air this year, but hey, we'll get through it. A lot of people got Thanksday, uh, Thanksgiving Day traditions that they go through, Thanksgiving Day traditions that they uh, love to partake in. I only have one. It's about my favorite foods, dressing, pecan pie, and Cajun turkey. That's it. Um, my group meet, we had people talking about, and I heard people on social media talking about what is your Thanksgiving Day tradition. And honestly, I just remember me, my mom, and my brother. You know, my mom is adopted uh, once she divorced my dad. Um, pretty much the Robert side of the family disowned us. So we really didn't have that side of the family. And she was adopted, so we didn't really have another side of a family. So we just kind of embraced each other. We created our own thing, and we kept it moving. And now our family is bigger, adding my niece, my girlfriend, and a whole bunch of other people, friends and family uh, that we have and that we have created through relationships over the years. So we're happy about that. So we got a lot going on, man. I got a lot to talk about. We got Von Miller's sex tape. I really didn't want to dive too much into that because, not to be funny, everyone has or has had a sex tape. Shit's not new. You just heard me talk about last week uh, having a dick pick out from years ago that I sent a girl that I was messing around with. Like we all got demons and skeletons in our closet. Um, the only thing I would say to Von Miller is you're rich, man. Be careful what you pick. The chick he picked is Brazilian or whatever she is of some Latin descent. And I mean, she's trying to sell the the, the video for two point five million dollars. Now, that's a quick come up, but. He uh, filed um, something within the judicial system that pretty much keeps her at bay. I forgot the term. I didn't type it up. I didn't put it in my notes. But he has something that has her um, locked down right now. She can't put out the video. She can't release it. But I would just say, Von Miller, man, be safe. Be safe where you put your penis at. I mean, I know it's a lot of fine women out there. You're rich. You want to get it in. You want to do what you want to do. But be, be careful, man. You got to be careful. So this past week, we got a lot with Sage Steele going up. You know, Sage Steele, she is a ESPN uh, anchor. She's more so the traveling and the weekend uh, correspondent who does the news for ESPN. She spoke out about Mike Evans, the Tampa Bay wide receiver, um, who sat down during the national anthem to protest against the Trump for presidency situation. And he didn't vote as well. So that kind of magnified the issue of him sitting down. It also didn't help that it was on uh, Veterans Day weekend, Veterans Day weekend. So Mike Evans came out saying it was strictly about Trump. It wasn't about anyone else. And Sage later uh, posted dead military men in debate against Mike Evans and his reasons for sitting down. But to me, personally, it didn't make sense. What did the military, what, what does the military do? They fight here and abroad to give us the rights to protest or think differently than other people. So why would she even post that? Who knows? I don't know. That's her opinion. I'm not a person who keeps people from thinking or would like to keep people from thinking about what they want to think about and who they want to think about and how they want to think. But the social media backlash. Let me check this out. Social media backlash was crazy. You got memes created for Sage. You know, black Twitter, Twitter doesn't sleep. If they feel like you have done something to them, they are on some. I must avenge my family type shit to get back at people. And I can't say that I'm totally against social media doing it. I just think it's better ways. So a couple of things that people had to say on social media, Greg Carr said, add Sage still to the growing list of mass media created celebrities. I have no clue why anyone would listen to on a serious racial issue. Javon, Javon Harris said, we, the black delegation would like to request a trade Sage still for literally anybody else. 
if you don't know what that where he gets that from when he's saying the uh the black delegation would like to request a trade go check out i think it's season two of dave Chappelle where they do the black draft and they trade eminem for oprah or whatever the case may be you'll know what i'm talking about you also had Henry James who responded saying, here's something to add along to Sage Steele, uh, which you're already on top of. And he basically posted a quote uh, from a book was, which was very interesting. And it said, after our ancestors accepted the unflinching reality of their new life in America that commenced to adapt to the social mores, customs, culture, and values of the whites they were surrounded by, the values and lifestyle of the whites was all they saw as being worthy of emulation. The only other world they had to compare the one whites represented was their own morbid life of drudgery in the slave quarters. Given that nearly every tradition practice in Africa was forgotten after a few generations, the slave remembered nothing else to compare the white man's ideas to. After white was accepted as the level of status to strive for, along with uh, white came an internal color of classification among the slaves. It's so funny. I, I would love to know what book that comes from. But I think... Um, identification or self-identification is so important amongst black people. Um, I have a, a good friend who he's from the islands and he's black. And when he came over, he lived in DC and he talked about how he tied success and he tied um, variety and all good things to white people. And I was like, why did you, why, why you say that? And he was like, well, when I was in the service, you know, most people who were in rank or in places of power were white. Uh, most people who I saw who were financially stable and doing okay were white. I come from an island where he was like, we, we ran around with no shoes on. We didn't eat every day. So to come to America, the first thing I associated wealth and uh, prosperity to was white people. And I understood that I didn't agree with it because I had a different upbringing. I saw different things. And if even if I didn't see different things around me growing up in this day and time, you have social media, you have the Internet, you can find things on television. There's more black people in movie roles. There's a black president. There's black CEOs. There's black business owners. There's black successful marriages. So I've, I, I kind of felt like, well, I don't know if he looked far enough to find what he was looking for or maybe he was just comfortable there. But I think that the, the excerpt that I just read, it talks about that. Sometimes we are so many generations removed uh, from where we come from in Africa originally that we don't really know our culture. And a lot of times we're so lazy or we get comfortable to where we're not even looking for our identity. We're not searching for our identity. But I think with all the backlash in America and stuff like Mike Pence and, and, and Donald Trump running for president and all these things, even Obama getting elected and having two four year terms, eight years made us more self-aware made us more awoke awake whatever however you want to say it i just had a conversation with somebody the other day that talked about how this whole issue with trump is going uh to set us back but like i told them it's something good that comes out of something bad something always good comes out of something bad uh, it was a crazy eight years with obama in office but without obama like i said on the last podcast there would be no blavity if it was a blavity, it would be down the line. There would be no Black Lives Matter. There would be, there would no, there would not be so much togetherness ab amongst the Black community. Over the last five to ten years, I've seen so many Black women start going natural, getting dreads, or doing some kind of natural hairstyle, as opposed to always having perms or straightening your hair and looking like a European woman by the head and only by the head. So that was just a little bit from the social media backlash. Um, Sage still then came back with her response and she said, we as people of color continue to cry for racial equality, diversity and acceptance and rightfully so. That being said, why must we continue to tear down those within our own race? Why must we, sh why must we shun those within our own race who think differently or marry outside of our race 
or vote differently or have a good hat or have good hair or speak differently. Shouldn't we instead be offering up praise for our wonderful diversity? If in a perfect world, then yes, we would be doing praise or giving praise for our wonderful diversity. But like she later said in her excerpt, um, paraphrasing this, that people speak about diversity, but nobody really believes in it. What does that mean? Some people get on a pedestal, even on job application, they want to know what ethnicity you are. And you could put what ethnicity you are, and not to be funny, you could be signing your rejection letter already for them to send you that email that says, hey, we found somebody who's more qualified, so on and so forth. Normally, my mindset is, if I apply for a job, and within 24 hours, I get an email that states, we already found somebody, or you're not a qualified candidate, when I have a degree, when I have a business analyst certification, when I've been in financing, I've been in homeowner uh, financing, like I've done all these things and somebody sends me something back in 24 hours and says, you're not qualified. And I know that I am for me. I mean, I could be wrong, but in 24 hours, I feel like you clearly didn't take all the time to review those emails. You didn't take all the time to review those, um, those resumes to come up with that. Maybe it is because I'm black. I can't say that because I'm not there and I don't know who's there looking over those those reviews. But if diversity is as big as it really as people say it is, you know what? Race wouldn't be that big of an issue. But guess what? Race is still the big of an issue. She went on to say, here's the thing. You don't get a hall pass just because you're a minority. She was speaking about in reference to Mike Evans sitting down um, during Veterans Day weekend at the game and saying it was all about Trump. She tried to make it. Like, hey, he's being disrespectful to other races and the veterans and so on and so forth. So she said you don't get to get a hall pass just because you're a minority. Racism is racism is racism. And no matter what color your skin is and no matter what color your skin is. So when you call me a sellout or a coon or an Uncle Tom or any other derogatory term to let me know that you disagree with me, you lose every ounce of credibility with those whom you deem racist as the drop of a hat. Does racism against African-American people of color exist? Of course it does. It disgusts me more than anyone knows. And as far as we have come, there's still such a thing, still such a long way to go. I personally felt it's too many on too many occasions to count. I will continue to fight it for me, my family and everyone else out there who truly does believe in diversity. So I was listening to Robert Littow's Drip Drop Hour podcast and he pointed out the fact that Sage still spoke about her white mother dating a black man in the 1960s and how courageous she was for doing so and also praising her white husband for marrying a black woman in herself in this day and time so it made me question as well as Robert Latow should white people get a get props or get a, a pat on the back for dating outside their race and, and specifically dating a white person I don't think so I'm not white, first of all, so I don't know what white people go through when it comes to dating outside their race, but I'm pretty sure the number of blacks who died, the number of blacks who were in jail, the number of blacks who were hung, the number of blacks who were beaten, the number of blacks who were castrated, the number of blacks who were sent off to somewhere else, and the number of blacks who just overall died in behind dating a white woman or a white man is nowhere near the number of white people who may have been ridiculed, talked about, disowned, and their financing when they graduated, when they turn 18, taken away from them, is not even in comparison to what blacks go through if they date white. I spoke with a Colombian and a Hispanic guy on yesterday about dating outside of their own race and the impact that it has, positive or negative, and they both agree with me in terms that dating someone black 
from where they come from would be at least uh, would be the last option on their list. And their parents definitely didn't agree with it. What does that mean? Seemingly, in my opinion, it seems like blacks are the most hated fucking people on this earth. Sometimes even hated by our own. Sometimes even hated by not even sometimes even hated by Africans who are from Africa. It's it's important to know that racism to me is the root of everything. It's the root of the economy not being good. I shouldn't have to go into that. If you're smart, then you already know why I say that. But when I think about dating outside of my race, like I don't think about anything outside of dating outside of my race. Just is she attractive and does she benefit me and how can we grow? I've never been one to think about race from a perspective of like I'm better or somebody else is better than me. Growing up where I come from, um, my mom never told me not to date white women. She just always told me about the ramifications that may come with that from her perspective. You know, being born in the 60s or the 50s or I think the 60s. I'm sorry, mama, if I don't know the exact date. But I think it's different for black people to date outside their race. And the funny thing about being black, we accept more people than people accept us. We accept everybody. That's why it's a debate sometimes why people are like, why is it a big deal for white people to say nigga? You know, it's a lot of millennials and whatever the generation is after me that's like, hey, I got a white friend and he says it and it doesn't bother me because I know the context in which he's using it in. That'd be, that could be correct, but you know what? We accept that. The white dude, uh, the, the Hispanic guy that I'm cool with that's a friend and some Hispanics that I know that aren't friends, I'll pull up on a, a block in South Dallas any day and, and see Hispanics calling each other niggas. And a lot of times we don't trip as black people. Why? Because we are accepting of so many things. We're accepting of our culture almost being stolen. We're accepting of people doing the things that we do. I don't know why we're so accepting. I'm not going to say I'm against it, but we are seemingly the most, in my opinion, the most accepting race of everyone else, but the least accepted when it comes to us. We don't stick up for each other. We don't protect each other. Now, granted, it's gotten better over the last 10 years, but we don't do it the way we need to do it. And hopefully that gets better. I, I really, really, really hope that gets better. If you want to talk about race, I'm always up for a good race debate. Hit us up at info at the reality is inbox us. I'll be glad to have you call in or come sit down and we can talk about race. Just do your research, as will I, to make sure that we're giving out facts when it comes to race and not just opinions. So I don't know if anybody saw a Roland Martin interview with Richard Spencer. Uh, Richard Spencer is the president of alt rights or um, some national white society or something like that. And I salute him for being, uh, I salute Roland Martin for bringing someone like Richard Spence, who he disagrees with on so many things. And it's a country to have a controversial conversation about race and race relations. I respect him for even being educated enough to speak on an educated manner in an educated manner to not only Richard Spencer, but the rest of the American people. CNN lost a good one when they allowed Roland Martin to get away. So if you want to know why this interview is so big, I'm not going to dive too deep into it, but I think you should definitely go check it out. Uh, you can go to Roland Martin on Facebook and follow the uh, look at the, the video for Roland Martin interviewing Richard Spencer. But these are some interesting things that Richard Spencer had to say. He said, we could have found another way to pick cotton. Slavery wasn't all that bad. White people formed the core of American identity. I want white people to have the same rights that everyone else has. And white women, I want them to be equal. 
in so many words when he came to talking about affirmative action. One thing that people need to understand about affirmative action is that it benefited so many white women. White women like Abigail Fisher, who lost to Fisher versus Texas case, uh, trying to get into the University of Texas and felt like it was an erroneous belief system that kept her out along with affirmative action. Why is it that people feel like affirmative action is only for blacks? Because it's not. You want to know where affirmative action came from? It came from President Kennedy. He passed an executive order, uh, the executive order of 10925, ordering that federally funded projects take affirmative action to ensure that applicants are employed and employees are treated during employment without regard to their race, creed, color, or national origin. It's probably one of the reasons that uh, Kennedy got killed, too, because his mindset changed about blacks and how he wanted it to be. I pulled up something. Let me find it real quick. It talked about affirmative action and how it benefits white women so much so. And it was an article written by um, it was an article written on the Huffington Post by uh, Chloe Engel. And she wrote affirmative action is great for white women. So why do they hate it? So here it goes. Affirmative action, when it was introduced by President John F. Kennedy in 1961, originally required ent entities that receive federal funding to take tangible steps to ensure that applicants are employed and that employees are treated during the employment without regard to their race, creed, color, or national origin in 1967. Also, Linda B. Johnson added sex to that list. And yet, just as most people think of the Title IX as being about athletics funding, there's a lot more than that. The general per uh, perception of affirmative action is that it is just about race. But affirmative action has been quite beneficial to women and disproportionately beneficial to white women. Women are now more likely to graduate with bachelor's degrees and attend graduate school than men are and outnumber men on many college campuses. In 1970, just 7.6 percent of physicians in America were women. In 2002, that number rose to 25.2 percent. And this is a big but. Those benefits are more likely to accrue to white women than they are of women of color. And that the imbalance is very real effects on employment and earnings later in life. In other words, affirmative action works. And it works way better for white women than it does for all other women in America. If you want to check out this whole article and read, I just wanted to read that part. I know predominantly 75% of my listeners are white. They may know. But if you want to read the whole article uh, written by uh, Chloe Angle, just go to www.huffingtonpost.com. Go to politics. And I think this was written back in January of 2016. So go check that out. It was right after the Abigail Fisher case that she wrote this article. And I think it's something that people need to know because too many times I've gotten into debates with people about affirmative action and they think that it's only beneficial to black people. But that last part where it says minorities, this and that and other that other white women fall up under that. So you definitely need to check it out. But Richard Spence, definitely check that out. Um, the thing that caught me off guard was when Roland Martin asked him about Christianity and how does he believe? And he said, I'm a cultural Christian. I think that happened around the ninth minute. Check that out. You'll definitely, definitely uh, want to read that and, and, and see what it's all about. So we're going to take a quick break again. You're listening to episode 89 of The Reality Is. I just wanted to get you, again, a quick pick and pop, maybe like a 15, 20-minute podcast before the holidays. Hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully it's informative. And like I say, definitely keep listening, and we'll be right back. Do you experience 
nervousness, a shakiness inside, faintness, a dizziness. The idea that someone else can control your thoughts, feeling others are to blame for most of your thoughts. Trouble remembering things, feeling easily annoyed or irritated, feeling afraid in open spaces or in public. Thoughts of ending your life, feeling that most people cannot be trusted. Poor appetite, heart, or chest pains. All right, man. So as we all know, Kanye West canceled the Pablo St. Pablo tour. I'm glad I didn't buy a ticket again because I don't got that kind of money to blow. So first, Kanye said he didn't vote. But if he did vote, he would have voted for Trump. That was something that came out in Sacramento earlier this week um, where he said that. And he didn't really get a pleasant uh, surprise. Uh, he didn't get a pleasant feedback in reference to that. I was surprised by being a, a Kanye West fan to hear him say he would vote for Trump. It really killed me, especially coming a couple of weeks after Lil Wayne, who is my second favorite artist, saying that he don't even know what Black Lives Matter and having that ignorant rant that he had on um, Frontline like or Nightline or whatever the name of that uh, show was. But I just feel like I, um, it was a punch to the jaw for, for Lil Wayne and a punch to the gut for Kanye West. But I really didn't jump down Kanye West's throat because, for one, he's entitled to his own opinion. Two, clearly he's going through something. Um, he previously spoke out about Jay-Z and Beyonce for not calling to check in on Kim after she got robbed in Paris. And um, he, he, he dived into the fact that they didn't call him. He dived into the fact that they didn't even come to see him. And then in Sacramento, he came out and he spoke about it again, saying, call me, bro. You still ain't called me. Jay-Z, I know you got killers. Please don't send them at my head. Just call me and talk to me like a man, he said. Everyone who follows Kanye West, even if you don't follow him, he's such a big name that you can't help but to come across him. It's kind of like Jordan. You may not watch basketball, but you're aware of the name. So we're aware of Kanye's car wreck before he got in the game. The ups and downs of being signed and not being signed. His mom dying before a time. The emotional breakup with Amber Rose and other women. Him having two kids over the last three years, three or four years, and his wife being recently robbed in Paris. And just period, being in the social media spotlight. Everything that I just named is enough for me to personally have a mental breakdown or possibly collapse. The funny thing I think about America, especially in black America, is we don't really take mental health serious. We talk about people. When, when, when we tell our parents or when we tell our aunts and uncles or the pastor at the church that we feel a certain way, that we, we're in a different headspace, we're told to pray. And not to be funny, they say prayer changes everything, but I agree to disagree. That's just my personal opinion. I think we need to take mental health more seriously. I think, honestly, maybe once every couple of years, in my opinion, you need to get a mental health check. Talk to a counselor. Talk to a psychiatrist to make sure that your thoughts and opinions are valid to yourself. And do more than just pray. Be active with your mental health. Work out. Eat better. Put yourself around a circle that supports you and find somebody that believes the way you believe and people that believe in different. It's important to have a balance. Mental health is a serious issue. We definitely need to get behind it. And in the black community, we need to address it more. Um, I just hate to see him in this capacity. Uh, I wish him the best. I hope he's doing well. But like I said, mental health is serious. Me personally, I've been through depression uh, um, bouts. I've been through situations where I'm down. And sometimes being by ourselves is the hardest thing that we can do. Uh, we think it's beneficial, but sometimes being um, secluded and away from everybody else, alter ourselves is not the best thing. 
Um, I know you heard the the I feel like that music video or song that Kanye West put out not too long ago, and um, he he had talked about do you have all these symptoms, and the symptoms that he talked about kind of related to some that are bipolar, some depression and things of that nature. And I, I read the I read the comments, and a lot of people was like, oh, he's crazy. Uh, I didn't understand this video. Prayers for Kanye. Um, and a lot of people just didn't understand it. They they crack jokes, and sometimes. At some point, Kanye West has made himself a punchline, but for the most part, he just needs help. That's what I see. I see somebody crying out for help when he longs for Jay-Z's friendship and brotherhood and he longs for fans or people in the industry to see him a certain way. To me, he longs to be accepted. And some people could be like, how do you long to be accepted when you're so famous? How do you long to be accepted when everybody loves being around you and you're the life of the party? Sometimes that's just a front. We do things extra. We go further than we normally would to seek attention because we feel like we don't have that attention. We don't have that place in society or in our circles or in our lives. And we go extra. And I really hope that Kanye West finds the, the peace that he needs, the helps, the help that he needs. And uh, I, I hope it gets better for him. So for me, that's all I got to say, man. Go check out the Kanye West. I feel like that video. Tell us what you think about it. Hit us up um, at info at the reality is check out the Roland Martin interview by going to CNN or going to Roland Martin's Facebook page or check it out on the reality is Facebook page. We reposted it. Keep your dick in your pants. If you're Von Miller or somebody like Von Miller and make sure the shit is not being recorded, sign something, do like Drake and have uh, uh, some kind of agreement uh, drawn up to sign that these girls can't take a picture. They can't send nothing. They can't even bring the phone in. Drake, got policies where you can't even bring the phone in his house he got somebody waiting by the door with a bucket to put your phone in do like him shout out to everybody who's helped this podcast get to this point we appreciate you be sure to go check out this episode 89 of the reality is and be sure to catch up with the reality is podcast during the holidays if you missed out on anything or any listenings as of late if you don't know where to start there's 89 episodes start anywhere but may i suggest checking out a few if you're looking for something fun and engaging, check out episode episode check out episode 23, uh, Gay Men to Teach Straight Men Anal Sex with blogger LaShundra Rucker of SheFlirty.com. Yes, I, I, I did just say that. Gay Men to Teach Straight Men Anal Sex. Uh, that's our highest listened to podcast to date because I'm sure when you read Gay Men to Teach Straight Men Anal Sex with, yeah, you're going to want to check that out. Is a little crazy. That's a good episode. That was back when Christian and Gary was on the podcast. Very, very fun episode. Also, if you're looking for more of an educational perspective, be sure to check out episode 47. I like it hard. Sounds like you're talking about your dick or our dick or male's dick, but we're not. That's with Amber Sims as she's put as she puts men up on game about misogyny and how it comes from and how some of the smallest things that you say or think about women can be misogynistic. And if you're someone just trying to save a few coins or help on knowing or need help on knowing how to start saving money and financial advice, check out episode 87, one of our most recent episodes, in t and it was titled Gamut, featuring business and financial manager O.L. Buckley of Buckley Companies, man. He'll get you started in the right direction. You can also check him out at uh, Buckley, O.L. Buckley Companies, I think, .com. Check him out. Buy his book. He got a book out uh, teaching you if, if you're a dummy with finances. 
he'll teach you how to get on track and reach out to them. If you would like to be on the podcast, be sure to go to info at the That's info at T H A the and leave us your contact info and we'll get back to you as soon as possible to schedule you to call in or come in to the studio to do a podcast. If you just want to leave your insight or remarks, you can also leave us an email or an audio message at info at the Be sure to follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and anchor at the reality is you can also follow me on my personal Instagram at Sir Robert Poe and on Facebook you can find me at Anthony Roberts and keep up with all things the reality is at the reality is.com again that's T-H-A the reality is.com this concludes episode 89 like I said it was short and quick I, I try to give you guys a podcast, at least one podcast a month with me just doing a podcast with my my thought process and everything else. But I love, love, love talking to other people, hearing their perspective, debating with them, telling more stories. That's when the podcast to me is at its best. But with this concluding episode 89, you know what it is. Always remember, inhale courage to excel success. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving. For those who are gluten-free motherfuckers, eat. God damn it. It's one day. Eat. Put some meat on your bones. Don't no man like no woman with no ass unless you got a little penis. We out this bitch. Yeah. Yeah. We eat them all together. You know we gon' ball forever. Yeah, yeah. Buy it all together. You know we gon' squat forever. Put two and two together. And you got us forever. You know I'm a poor forever. You know I'm a sipping forever. Yeah, yeah. I think what flavor of these new Dunkin' Coconut Refreshers you get says a lot about you. Really? What's it say about me? Well, you got the refreshing golden peach because you're vibrant, fun, and positive. Oh, what about me? The bold purple pomegranate means you're vibrant, fun, and positive. I take it I got this delicious pink strawberry because I'm vibrant, fun, and positive. Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer includes classic Dunkin' Refreshers. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's The Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.